You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrashenkill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell radio show. I'm joined today by the good and golden boy, the internet's sweetheart. You know him. You love him. He's the 365 Days of Horror, or as we like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I cannot complain. I'm well-rested, you see, uh, because you know after several weeks of grinding, you know, just really giving my all for this podcast... This week I have prepared nothing, so I feel I feel well rested and good about things. Yeah, we went out into the world for the past two weeks. We were bright-eyed young missionaries looking to spread the word of the Lord through heavy metal for some reason, <laughs> and then we saw a bunch of butts and boobs and listened to the devil's rock, and we've just really slipped into uh, depressive debauchery, and that means we're back onto our usual bullshit. Yep, back on our bullshit indeed. Uh, but to commemorate the occasion, uh, over at patreon.com slash toilet of hell, uh, I assembled a mixtape uh, of the finest Christian heavy metal jams I could find uh, during our, uh, our missionary work there. And I gotta say, this playlist is probably the best one I've ever made. This one goes so hard, like, I, I, I was jamming it in the gym yesterday. Uh, I highly recommend that you check this one out, because I am beyond pleased with it. Uh, but that's not all that we did. Uh, we did something else for the Patreon, right? Yes, every month we've been doing our Fantasy Label Ball series, where we pretend that we take over a certain heavy metal, or metal-adjacent, record label and we kind of cut away some of the bands we don't want we keep the ones that either we like or we think would make us a lot of money and just kind of get a lean mean record producing machine so this month we were doing part one and we had to do a part one we weren't planning on it but part one for prosthetic records prosthetic records needs this they have too many bands i would say so like I when we did Napalm Records a few months ago, I expected it to take it at least two episodes. I wasn't expecting it with prosthetic and we were like an hour and fifteen minutes into it and we're like, Oh, I guess we gotta do another one. We're doing the Lord's work here. Uh prosthetic, give us a call. We can help you streamline your label, uh make everybody more successful. Really you need us. So uh, asking the execs over at uh, Prosthetic to go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon for $5 a month. You will get that show, plus uh, all kinds of wonderful other content. Uh, are we done with the shameless plugs on this episode? For now. Okay. We might we might go back to the well. Uh, but over the last couple of weeks, while we were uh, you know moshing for Christ, uh, we missed a couple of news items that I, I felt it would be inappropriate if we didn't remark upon here. Um, we have a lot of content to get through, so, you know, where do you want to dive in, Jordan? Uh, let's start with what I thought was an interesting story, maybe not world-changing, but kind of a big deal when you think about it, and Metallica released their new album, 72 Seasons, and it was not number one on the Billboard charts. Now, that's, uh, interesting. Uh, you gotta assume, uh, given all of the information that we have before us, that Metallica is one of the few proven money makers across any genre uh, at all, right? So uh, that seems like a pretty big miss. What in the world could have beaten beaten Metallica? 
It was that country fella who just got in trouble with all of his fans for canceling his show five minutes before he was supposed to go on. Ah, you mean the guy that uh, also got caught on a hot mic dropping racial slurs and his fans were like, we don't give a shit about that? (laughs) One and the same. Huh. It'd be uh, Morgan Wallen, who is unbelievably popular among... um, Normal people, I would say. <laughs> Morgan Wallen sounds like, you know how people joke about Disney or the Disney Channel being a factory for young pop stars and singers, and they just like crank them out and they all just kind of have interchangeable names and similar looks. I feel like that's the case for a country star named Morgan Wallen. Like that doesn't sound real. That sounds like AI created this person. Yeah, like occasionally you'll have a country star that has a totally made up name like rope mccash or whatever it's like this is bullshit yeah this is cut from the same cloth and of course complete the music is dog shit but we don't need him to even get into that um yeah i think i think it's very funny that you know uh despite the fact that this guy had a whole scandal a couple of years ago like just straight racism on camera and none of his fans cared uh, suddenly it was like we had been pre-gaming in the parking lot all day waiting for you to you know play an hour's worth of bro country and you canceled on us i'm i'm burning all my records that uh, you are i will never forgive you <laughs> shooting it alongside all the bud light they just bought to shoot exactly um uh, did you see anything about the cancellation thing by the way all i saw was uh i think a little video came out of someone working security who like I don't, they were, I don't think they knew they were being filmed. He said that he was too drunk to go on stage. Yeah, somebody had uh, got like Snapchat video of him, like completely passed out on some lady's couch the night before, like pissing himself drunk. <laughs> and that's probably just going to get him more albums sold. People love that. I mean, I'm sure uh, all of these uh, these big bro uh, bro country stadium acts like. They've got to like have their own police force for these things and their own drunk take for all of them because it is just an exercise in extreme debauchery for your suburban fascist. Like that's when they come out and they get all loosey goosey on the Michelob Ultras. It's a it's a shit show, one that uh, I think I would rather die than attend personally. Hell yeah, brother! I piss myself too. I'm gonna buy another record. So uh, it seems a. Uh, it seems kind of bad that uh, Metallica, like, uh, you know, uh, granted, I, I still haven't heard the new record of you. Nah, I have no plans. Uh, I think with the initial release, people are like, yeah, this is pretty good. The boys are back. And then there's the trickle of, eh, it's okay. I don't know. It's Metallica. Yeah. So I, I think it'll fall into the same kind of level as a Death Magnetic where it's okay. You know, it's not as bad as their worst stuff, but it's nowhere near as good as their good stuff. So it just kind of sits in the lukewarm water of Metallica lore. It's like, it's there. It's yep. fine. Let's I mean, go back to the stuff we love. Here, have another hardwired to self-destruct or whatever. Like, nobody gives a shit. It's just, it's a marker, I guess. Like, another another indicator that any kind of glory day of guitar based aggressive music is so fucking over dude <laughs> and looking at this the according to billboard the number of albums sold and this is equivalent albums because they like throw in streaming which is bullshit that, like who, yeah. who gives a fuck I, I don't quite understand the voodoo magic that they use for these numbers but 72 seasons sold 146,000 albums Sick. which 
doesn't sound like that much for Metallica, though it's way more than like most modern bands would sell. And in comparison, the last band to um, get a number that high was in 2019, Tools Fear Inoculum, mm. 270,000 album units sold. That's wild, dude. That's uh, that's a lot more records. <laughs> and like, I you'd really have to look at a granular level to see if those two hundred seventy thousand equivalents sold include like triple gatefold oh, five discs because sure. because Tool and Metallica both do that where they'll release something, they'll re-release, <clears throat> they'll have extra albums, they'll have bonus, they'll have live, so they juice up their numbers a lot more. But just a, a little perspective on how this album sold uh, the last time they weren't number one was injustice for all which was 30 plus years ago what did uh what did they miss to on injustice for all i would have to go back and check on that but uh, also again in comparison hardwild to self-destruct was first um so death magnetic was first i would assume saint anger and lulu were also number one so, I don't know. Guitar-based music down, album sales down, all sorts of different reasons. I mean, any sort of young band now would kill for those numbers still, but there you go. Hmm. Well, uh, there's, I guess, uh, I guess the solution here is to uh, go after the bro country audience. I think that, that's the, the takeaway from all of this, isn't it? Didn't they kind of sort of do that with like Hero for the Day? Kirk's solo stuff is kind of bluegrassy country-ish, at least one or two songs, so it could happen. I I think that they should explore some of the sounds they did on Load and just lean into it a little bit more like... Uh, that ain't my bitch, uh, for example, could be expanded to like that ain't my bitch, that ain't my pickup truck, that ain't my like uh, uh, kids hanging out in the front yard. Like it, it could be a divorced dad anthem. <laughs> it would be such a bad move, but like a Metallica move to try to lean into the new metal stuff that they kind of were doing with Load and Reload just based on the article that's been going around for the past week about how new metal is the most Googled it's been since 2004 and people trying to use that as some sort of marker of new metal's return or popularity among younger generations. And uh, I think it's just people using Google to look up like corn songs. It's not new bands getting a boost out of it. It's the same five to ten bands that were popular back then that are like, still playing festivals and still touring it's i don't think too many people are looking up dry kill logic no absolutely not i've seen some kids around like by the way like young teenagers kind of rocking the new metal wear that was popular when i was a young teenager um and you know the the band shirts that they have on it's not a new band it's not an obscure band it's corn <laughs> it's lincoln park like it's the same shit the thing the bands that were already popular have stayed popular it's kind of like the equivalent of like when you and i were you know maybe 12 years old somebody wearing a rolling stones shirt to school like it's that's that's old-timey music they're they're living in the past dude and it's easily accessible much broader possibilities to buy those things like i said no one's no one's going for a crazy town shirt these days for multiple reasons. Yeah, um, 
You see the uh, the crazy town boys beating the shit out of each other? <laughs> I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's quite the week for crazy town. Um, and, I mean, we're talking about them. So I guess that's a success in some sort of way. But they've been on a tour with Edema and Head P.E. and playing to very small crowds. This is, um, <clears throat> I guess, the most... Um, let, let me just read this right here because I really appreciate this. Uh, Crazy Town members get in physical altercation over misperformance following a recent performance in, where is it, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Very on point. Yes. Yeah, um, vocalist Shifty Shellshack was missing in action from one of these shows and showed up later asking for his money, and it led to a violent altercation with the other vocalist, who used to be in Edema, which has to be a little bit awkward to be on tour with those guys. Um, but <laughs> racial slurs were hurled and threats to people's children were thrown around and sucker punches, real bad junkie punches were thrown. It's not a, a good fight. It's very much the bad days of the late 90s, early 2000s. This took me back to high school, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just uh, bum fights. Uh, no, just like dirt bags, uh, you know, calling each other the N word while throwing ham sandwich p- punches at each other. Like really, really, uh, really brought me back home essentially. Yeah. No one leaning into their punches. No. Um, anyway, I, I guess I haven't thought about crazy town in a long time. I didn't realize they had two vocalists there. <laughs> they did when they were even popular to begin with. It's a, shifty shell shock and this other guy who used to be in a demon now but i think a lot of people were more surprised like oh there's still a band they're still touring for me it was finding out that they actually are a platinum record selling band that is uh i mean <clears throat> butterfly was a big 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 hit but it's also the only crazy town song i've ever heard in my life uh, have you heard anything else they did one song with orgy i think it was called toxic that came out I think before Butterfly, so I heard it, you know, a few times. But I mean, to become a platinum-selling band based on literally one song is kind of impressive in its own weird way when you think about it. I mean, other than that, the only reason that I'm familiar with the existence of Crazy Town is because of Shifty Shell Shock's continued like partnership with Doctor Drew. So what does he go on his shows and give sex advice? No, I think that uh, Shifty was, it's so weird to call a grown ass man Shifty Shellshock. Uh, He was like, you know, pretty uh, badly addicted to various drugs and Dr. Drew uh, being, you know, a a Remora uh, type Mm. uh, attaches himself to any kind of person of, of notable fame with a bad drug addiction, often with that person soon dying afterwards. Yeah, he was on, like, what, the rehab life or something like that? Yeah, he was on Celebrity Rehab. He was also uh, on a long, for a long time, he was a, a guest on Loveline episodes. I don't know if you remember listening to that show. Oh, I, they used to show it on MTV. That's what started Adam Carolla's career. Oh, boy, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, I would listen to it on the radio because, you know, I didn't have cable or nothing. So uh, I would hear these, uh, these absolute fucking imbeciles uh, talk about sex uh, and give me just the worst concepts uh, of what sex was from like these just complete degenerates. <laughs> and they influenced the whole generation. Yeah, that's great. It's super cool. 
Anyway, uh, it seems that Dr. Drew's doctoring did not fix up uh, Shifty Shellshock too much, which is a, it's a real shame, because uh, we're probably going on 30 years under his care. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's in a very bad way and was like just arrested for DUI like a day or two ago. Uh, there is, uh, when this story cropped up, uh, these websites like the PRP and Blabbermouth and whoever included other videos of recent incidences with him freaking out on stage and throwing a, a monitor and getting into fights and things like that. There was one, it was a very strange live in-store acoustic rendition of Butterfly oh. of all the songs that do acoustic. And, uh, I mean, Shifty Shellshock has no teeth. Oh, it's very awkward and painful. So if you want to cringe, it's it's out there. It exists. But uh, yeah, everyone needs help involved with this. And it was so bad that head P.E. had to be the mature adults and kick them off the tour. Wow. Well, give it up for head P.E., everybody. Uh, no, it seems like uh, <clears throat> everybody buying a ticket to see Crazy Town nowadays, like you're you're enabling really poor behavior. Do you really need to hear uh, sh- just broken shells of men perform Butterfly? Come on now. <laughs> It is Myrtle Beach. That is where that happens. That's where dreams go to die. Yeah, I suppose I'm asking a bit much for a Myrtle, Myrtle Beach audience to have, like, some consideration. Morals. Either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no. what what happens there lasts with you for the rest of your life, unfortunately. Um, what do you think? Can that be the last time we ever talk about Crazy Town? It can, but it's not the last time we talk about... Band problems happening at a show in Florida. Oh, boy. What what else is going on now? About a week and a half ago, the footage had came out of Morbid Angel playing a show in Tampa. And about six songs halfway through the set, Trey passed out. He had to be helped off stage. Uh, it wasn't the best footage. It was cell phone stuff, but it was kind of jarring and shocking to see someone halfway through their set just kind of freaking out and not being able to stand and the band played for like one more song and didn't really know what to do personally i think they could have kept playing uh but they decided not to and not a lot came out initially after what happened and a lot of people speculated what might have happened but i found an article that didn't get a lot of play but of all people trey's mommy Oh. Had spoken up about the incident, saying that <laughs> mom as was, a goth, <laughs> mommy as a Google goth. Uh, she said that he was dehydrated and had a back injury, and that's what happened. Huh. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of both dehydration and back injury are two kind of red flags for me as somebody who has seen dehydration and back injury used as a. Um, let, let's say a fig leaf for other things. <laughs> so you're thinking perhaps too much drinking? Uh, the, the the dehydration, 100%, absolutely too much drinking. And the back injury is he was mixing it with something else. That's, that's how this works. So yes, I believe he was dehydrated. I believe he has a back injury. But I also believe that like he put himself in a situation where like he could no longer stand on his own two legs by trying to fix both of those things. And it just... You know, going tits up. I guess since then he's doing okay because they haven't given us any other information since. So that is good, I suppose. 
I mean, it's just tough to see. Morbid Angel appears to be on what has to be the most cursed tour they've ever done. Yeah, we didn't talk about it because time had passed, but uh, it has been a rough go of it for them and the other bands on their tour and obviously their fans as well. Yeah, uh, playing a show in Illinois, of course, the fucking venue hit by a goddamn tornado. Like, awful, truly nightmare shit. Um, I mean, some fan it, like continuing on this tour and and Trey passing out on stage. That's that's just kind of a bad situation for everybody involved. Trey is not a young man. He's 58 years old now. Yeah. Uh, well, it's take some time off from touring and hopefully you can regroup if you want to keep doing this. Or there's always I am morbid. Uh wait, isn't I am morbid uh the one uh, the David Vincent band? Yes. I don't, I don't think they're going to be joining forces anytime soon, unfortunately. No, I'm just saying for a fan if you need the, an alternative. That's true. That's true. You get more silly hats with I Am Morbid. You might get a country bro down with that one, too. It's true. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope that whatever is wrong with Trey uh, gets better. I hope that they take care of themselves because, again, nobody is young anymore. Uh, but it's, it's tough stuff, man. Real tough stuff. Uh, drink water. Please. Yes, always be drinking water. Um, I don't know, man. Um, if you've seen uh, Morbid Angel on this tour, let us know. Uh, I saw them a few years back. They were looking pretty good. But again, time makes fools of all of us. So uh, maybe it's just suffering a bit. Moving on a bit, I wanted to touch on a character we have not really discussed in quite a while. Two characters, actually. What do you think about Ice Earth? Do you know they're still putting out albums? I did not know that. What's who who who's listening to these Ice Earth albums? I would assume Ice Earth fans. Uh, so they're not new albums. They're just like repackaged albums with like maybe some demos thrown on or live stuff. But uh, occasionally you'll get we'll get press releases for them. Be like, what? They're putting on new music. Who's working with them? And then you read two lines down. It's like, oh, okay, no, it's uh, this is crowdfunding for legal fees i yeah. would assume for john schaefer i i also have to assume that john schaefer if you really wanted to would not have any trouble getting people to play with him well maybe i think they'd be afraid that he might turn them into government officials if they said something sure but we know how musicians are like you, if you get a whiff that you might make a dollar from something, like your own personal convictions or your reputation be damned, they're going after it. Yeah, I mean, if Trip Eason can still have bands, I don't see why John Schaefer couldn't. Correct. What's a little treason between, you know, between us guys? Um, anyway, uh, this is not necessarily about Tim. Uh, it's not necessarily about John Schaefer. This is about uh, a lesser known Ice Earth character. Your good friend Rippy. We haven't talked about him in a while. Long ass time. Um, in the years since we last discussed him, I guess he's been busy uh, opening up and then uh, closing his uh, wing stop uh, due to managerial incompetence, I would assume. He's busy doing guest vocals for literally any band that will give him $50 and a coupon for Shake and Bake. Yep. So, uh, Rippy, he's alive and still kicking, I guess. Uh, what, what's he in the news for right now? So he did an interview with Riff Crew, whoever that is, and they asked him about John Schaefer. And I don't want to like defend Ripper Owens, but you really don't have to ask him 
about John Schaefer. He hasn't been in a band with him for a long time. And it's not like he was there with him. He probably wanted to be. But it just seems kind of odd to, like, ask him about that. But regardless, they asked him if he, quote, saw it coming that Schaefer would be involved in the Capitol riot. <laughs> and, yeah. So they uh, here's, this was transcribed by Blabbermouth. Listen, he's known for being out there a little bit. We didn't get along, and obviously I left the band. I haven't talked to him hardly, hardly since I left. But no, I really didn't see it coming. It's a shame he did it. He knew he was wrong. He probably knows he's wrong. He screwed up. Now, this is the part where I, I, I want people to pay attention. Obviously, he would have been better off going into the inner city and looting a building and burning it to the ground and stealing TVs. Hmm. He probably would have got off and not had any trouble. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, he did something else, and he got in trouble for it. And you know what? He was wrong, and he did it. Even though they opened the doors for him and said, come on in, you can't go in. That's just the way it is. Interesting. That's a really interesting phrase to put there. Have you ever heard anybody use the words inner city and not have it be followed up with the most racist shit you've ever heard in your life? Only if it's by a city planner. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could have gone to the inner city uh, and looted a building and burned it to the ground and stole TVs and he would have been fine. He wouldn't have gotten in any trouble for it. What do, you, what do you make of that? What does that say to you? racism <laughs> I mean like where is it where is his mind at right now that th he thinks that that's a regular occurrence that you can go and burn a building down and steal a TV and get away with it without any issue like I, I don't know if he recalls like uh, you know the in 2020 when there was uh, turmoil in a lot of cities uh, the cops beat the shit out of and arrested everybody <laughs> But I would guess his thought process is probably stuck somewhere in 1991 or 92 and thinking of the L.A. riots and Rodney King. Oh, yeah. I guess that, I guess that would make sense. He is an older gentleman here. Uh, at the same time, like, that was 30 years ago. Who fucking cares, dude? Get over it. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's where these people are stuck. It was – that's what they saw when they were younger and then they – They've been mad about it ever since without ever digging into the why and the when, trying to make any sort of improvement. They just go, ooh, people stealing TVs. Mm, I'm mad in like, middle of nowhere, Ohio. I, I bought a TV last week, actually. And the thing about TVs is they are the cheapest that they've ever been ever in the history of mankind. <laughs> who get like stealing TV? Like, who gives a shit? They're like 150 bucks. It, it's whatever. That's uh, that that's a very small potatoes crime, I would say. It's like saying uh, they're gonna steal your car radio or something. <laughs> it does not happen anymore. I've got a, the six CD changer is in there. Oh, I don't know, man. I it's just old man babbling, but at the same time, like just very purely racist. They anyway. are who we thought they were. Um, reflecting on his time with Ice to Earth. Owen said, John and I, we weren't eye-to-eye -eye politically on other things. Well, I mean, you probably are a lot closer than, than you think, I would say. Uh, but I'd never seen any of that. We didn't talk politics. It was a different time politically when I was in the band, too. People weren't as crazy back then. Now everybody's filled with hate and anger. I mean, if they don't like what I say, people email me and that they hope that my family dies. 
People do dumb and stupid and crazy things. Like I said, you'd be better off burning down a cupcake shop, some small business, and you'd be okay. You fucking loser. You are a failed small business tyrant. Don't stick up for other losers. Also, no one has cupcake shops anymore. Get with the times. So he was in the band. Uh, let's see. It was between 2003 and 2007. Was that a much saner time politically back then? Because I seem to recall things being pretty fucking bad. Just a couple of wars. No biggie. Like, that was some of the most deranged American culture has ever been. It worked for him, though. That, that's the thing. I get, he didn't suffer from it at all. It was a great time for him and got to sing about when the Eagles cry. Yeah, I guess that's true. He was That was probably the last time he made any decent money, you think? I, he hasn't been in anything since that makes any sort of real money other than doing the guest stuff and the random odd tour in like South America for some reason. But yeah, go to his Metal Archives page and just look how many projects he's done. None of them are successful. Um, I mean... <clears throat> we we've we've shit on Ripper Owens quite a bit, like over the years. We haven't done mm-hmm. it recently. No. But I've never uh emailed him and and told him that his family should die. Uh I don't think any of our listeners have either. Uh should we start doing that? Well, he already blocked us on Twitter, so this is the next logical step. Oh man, I forgot that he even was on Twitter. It's been so long since he blocked me. I bet. I I, I can't prove it. Because he blocked me, but I bet he pays for a blue check mark, doesn't he? If anyone would, I think that would be a good choice, but uh, we can find that real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see. Twitter.com. <laughs> Shit, I, su- I got signed At out. Team Ripper Owens. Uh, no, he does not have a blue check mark. Well, he surprises the hell out of me today. All right. Uh, good for Tim Ripper Owens for that alone i have nothing else uh to congratulate him on um but yeah i'm telling you man Uh, i know that they're doing re-releases of uh ice earth stuff right now unreleased material or whatever they're definitely going to put out new material like really soon it's going to happen we'll see i mean it's i wonder who we would get to be with them just could be nameless session people maybe he'll try to just set up a laptop and do his own thing um like kind of like falling in reverse. He just he needs the laptop, otherwise he can't play a show. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, falling in reverse, needing that Segway. laptop, you fucking you're killing it, killing it today. Uh, Ronnie Radke has been in the news uh, lately, not for uh, various crimes against women. So good for him, good for Ronnie. I would say really mixing it up here, uh, in that he has been canceling shows like a fucking madman. Uh, for various reasons, most of them centered on the venues being cold. Now, I've been around a while. Uh, I I know a little bit about music. I know a little bit about how uh, musicians work. I have never once heard of of vocalists canceling multiple shows because the venues are too cold. Have you? The only person I would think of would probably be Axl Rose. But, I mean, he had a whole different thing going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably wasn't really because the venues were cold, but certainly not in recent times. And I think they're also playing, like, outdoor festivals at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Uh, so after canceling several uh, several shows now, uh, it seems kind of like at the last minute here. Does that seem like it's been the case for you as well? 
Yeah, because they're currently on tour. Yeah. They've been touring, and just in the past week or so, they've canceled three shows, something like that. Yeah. Um, and with every cancellation notice, he's like, you know, you can uh, use this promo code to get a discounted ticket at, like, a show in the future or whatever. It's like, okay, what is what is this shit? So um, he uh, he's made these cancellations, and then he has gotten out ahead of this and uh, gotten mad at the press for reporting on it. Is it. Does that check out to you? Well, he's perpetually mad at everyone and everything, so yes, it does. I mean, nothing has ever been his fault in his life, so uh, I guess uh, canceling a bunch of shows last minute, uh, blaming the AC at the venue, uh, that would probably raise some suspicions, I would say, but uh, no, it's not him. It's actually the fault of the media, and they're canceling, canceling you. You. See, I. it makes me appreciate all these other bands that a member breaks his leg on tour and they still keep playing. Or uh, I think with Revocation, David Davidson broke his wrist and they're still doing shows. Just gutting it out. Whatever you can do, the show must go on. Yeah. And you're telling me someone else in Falling Universe can't do whiny vocals for 30 minutes or he can't do a couple of songs or pull people from the audience to do songs for him and make it like a big fun time for everyone there it's just mm, my, my throat hurts i can't do it i mean everything else that this band does comes from a laptop why don't you just have backing tracks for your vocals too like it's, it's they probably do yeah so like what's the deal here i what i'm saying here is that the problem is not that the venues are cold. The problem is that he has done something very stupid. <laughs> Maybe the backing vocals on the laptop, the files have been corrupted and they can't get it fixed in time. They're just taking it to a Best Buy and having the Geek Squad come to the venues and Ronnie's just sweating over his laptop. Come on, man. You that is actually the, that's the most likely scenario that I think uh, has been offered so far. Like I, I, I genuinely think you're onto something there. Um, the band cannot perform live, uh, any in any regard, uh, you know, musically, vocally. It's all it's all fucking coming apart. So what's really surprising to me is like how successful this band is that can't even play, like literally canceling shows because their shit's all fucked up. Music's just so complex that they I know, they're right? not able to recreate it live. I don't know, man. It seems like a it seems sus. It seems real sus to me, and I think that we ought to speculate wildly on whatever self inflicted dumb bullshit he did so that he can't perform live. You know, this never would have happened with Psycho Sinner and Devil Daddy. It's true. Um, let's see. Radke here says uh, quote blames venues cold air. Amelie Arena is a 19,000-seat hockey arena that works hard to fight the humidity that Florida brings and keeps it extremely cold and dry. I sang in dry, cold, artificial air. A singer's nemesis. I canceled so I can continue. Why is this such a big deal? Is, is cold, dry, artificial air a singer's nemesis? Jordan, you are a vocalist. And there's all sorts of little factors that can certainly hinder... Like, if you're a real singer and you have to hit notes, but that's not happening with no. this stuff. Uh, Again, you could have anyone do it. I don't think people would be all that upset. You can power through it if you're having a little bit of a sore throat. You could take a lozenge. 
Uh, there's all sorts of different things that you could do. And you're also under like hot stadium lights. Yeah. So I don't think it's that cold on stage either. They don't have a Zamboni going around redoing the ice as your show's going on. So yeah. I kind of question how, some of these excuses. How many other bands have played in hockey arenas over the last 70 fucking years? How many hockey players are playing right now in hockey arenas and, they, and not having any sort of problem? They got, yeah, they got better pipes than Ronnie Radke, too. Anyway, he says, These fucking idiots think that I just cancel because I want to play video games and pay my crew, pay for the buses, piss off fans. What do you think happens when I cancel? I don't make money. I'm just traveling around losing money. They are constantly trying to manipulate the wording to make you look like a bad fuck. Uh, oh, wait, no, he just didn't put, uh, <laughs> he didn't put a, a quotation there. It's to look, make you look bad. Uh, fuck Metal Injection and fuck Frank Injection. I'll have some words for him in person for sure. That's so cool. That's so cool that you're threatening violence against yet another person. It's never gone bad for you in the past. Please challenge us. Please. <laughs> uh, I will drive to the venue if you want. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that we need to be more vocal uh, about all of this uh you know, in the in the press, as it were, uh, so that hopefully we can we can get to meet him IRL for one time. I think that'd be fun. I will meet you in the parking lot of any Chili's of your choice, sir. I am willing to make the drive to Temecula. <laughs> it's it's always someone else's fault, and I know that's kind of uh, a thing that certain people do: uh, narcissist or type A personalities or whatever you want to call it, but. It's always someone else's fault. And for a lot of these people, it never catches up to them. It's deeply frustrating. It is. Um, I mean, it, it seems like uh, it, for some reason, this uh, antisocial personality type really helps people succeed in the world of music and business. And I don't quite understand why. Is it just because everybody else is like, well, this is a, a freak person. I don't want to get in their way. I'm going to let them do what they want because I don't want to deal with the consequences of challenging them on their insane bullshit. It's probably part of it. Or people just want to go home and be with their family and just be like, fine, whatever. You you do what you want. Yeah. It's just weird to me that... You know, he has fans that see him act this way and they're like, yes, you go, Ronnie. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? You people are insane. The children identifying with the man-child? I guess I guess that must be it. It's just, again, Radke's 40 and his fans are not young anymore. So what are we doing here? I don't know. Maybe we should just stop trying to cancel him and canceling him. He's canceling himself, so it'll all work out. Yeah. Anyway, if we really want to get this right, let's uh, challenge him to a fist fight in a hockey arena. I'll do it. See if it just just to see him get on ice skates would be worth it. <laughs> Dropping the gloves with uh, with three hundred sixty five days of horror. Spitting chiclets with Jordan. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I I've been on a kick lately uh, of hating uh, the fucking canned water company. Um, and I just, every day I'm more and more vindicated in doing that. Have you seen the latest shit from Liquid Death? I'm going to have to get you a Joe Was Right t-shirt, and uh, we'll sell them after the Joe Was a Dope t-shirts that sell out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's is this real? I mean, is this really real, or is this one of those things where it's like, 
Rammstein or Ghost are selling a dildo set, and like five oh. people actually buy it, and it's not really a big thing. Yeah, I mean the the Rammstein and Ghost dildo sets were real, but they put them out in such limited quantities that like it was kind of a big deal getting them, I guess. Uh, this whole thing with Liquid Death uh, is that they've partnered with Travis Barker, the drummer of you know Blink One Eighty Two, Transplants, Aquabats, Boxcar Racer. Uh, who else am I forgetting? It's random hip hop and EDM projects. Yeah, that, all of that stuff. Uh, they're doing the Liquid Death X, Travis Barker, Enema of the State collectible Enema kit. Uh, because, you know, uh, Blink-182 had that album called Enema of the State. You know, a play on words of Enemy of the State, a Will Smith movie that came out in the late 90s that literally nobody fucking remembers. I remember it. Jack Black was in it. <laughs> oh, was he? And Gene Hackman. I do remember Gene Hackman in that. Uh, yeah, Jack Black's like a little side character, like the guy in the chair in front of a computer screen. He had a lot of those roles, I feel like. Um yeah, well, Enema of the State came out in 1999, too, but I guess it's t- 24 years later, they're still banging on about it. Um, so here it says, uh, <clears throat> uh, Barker offered some words about how he achieved success in music and married a Kardashian. He says, what's my secret? How did I marry the woman of my dreams? How have I had such a successful career in music? I use liquid death mountain water in my asshole. So, uh, it's an enema kit, costs $182, it looks like a can of water and a bulb, uh, which I don't think is the preferred method of giving an enema, but what do I know, I've just given hundreds of them. (laughs) I think you need to do a a live unboxing and review of it. Uh, I feel like I've given uh, Liquid Death a fair amount of earned PR, so they should probably send it to me for free. I'm not going to be spending uh, spending that spending that money on it. Instead of the punk rock MBA, you could be the heavy metal RN. Yeah, there we go. Uh, that sounds like a totally insufferable thing that I would love to do. Uh, it says here, uh, <clears throat> Enema of the State is a limited edition collectible adult art piece and not intended to be used as a real medical device. Enema of the state should never be placed in or near your butthole without consulting a doctor first. Also, you should not place it in or near your friend's butthole without consulting them or their doctor first. So, very cheeky, very fun, very necessary. I would say really finger on the pulse of the culture right now. What do you think? Just, Just great. Everyone involved is awesome. Everyone who buys this is just the best. Good things all around for everyone. I mean, when I looked at this shit online, because a bunch of people tagged me on this, thanks, guys. Uh, Like, the overwhelming reaction is overtly negative. Everyone's like, this is stupid. Fuck you. Fuck your stupid brand. Travis Barker, like, do better. (laughs) Uh, And yet, this shit, I think, sold out immediately. And uh, I'm sure if I wrote something negative about it, I would have hundreds of people defend it in my mentions, because... They love talking about the water company. Must defend the water company at all costs. I went to see um, a movie the other night. I saw Bo is Afraid uh, at the Art House Theater uh, down the street. Um, And uh, before uh, getting to watch the movie, I I saw a fucking commercial for Liquid Death. It was uh, the whole thing was about how they're saving the environment by using aluminum instead of plastic. Um, And again, 
just get the fuck over yourselves. God damn, what the fuck? It, it, this is such a, a, a thin angle to try to sell water. God. I have multiple empty cans of water in front of me because it's not an original idea either. I hate this fucking company, man. It's a marketing company that happens to sell water. It's not a water company with marketing. Yeah. If you're buying any time in, into any kind of environmental angle, you need to get your head checked. Drink water out of the fucking tap, you losers. Anyway. Yeah. Hate this company. Hate them. Uh, that, that's, that's my soapbox for the week, though. Like, uh, I'll go ahead and see the floor to, uh, to anything that you want to discuss on this. It's been quite a two weeks for festivals, uh, particularly in the UK. There have been multiple festival cancellations, and for at least two of them, it's because of low album sales, which is pretty surprising, all things considered. Uh, so there was the Dominion Festival, which is going to happen in Durham, UK, that had, let's see, who was on this? Blind Guardian, Twilight Force, Ungle, Visgoth, Visigoth, excuse me, Satan, Sodom, Orange Goblin, Skindred, Lucifer, Night Demon. So you, you know you're a trad metal. Yeah, type if you band. if you were to have that exact festival in say Houston, Texas, I feel like it would be a huge success. Yeah, because yeah. I think that that's that, Hell's Heroes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, people would come from all over to go to that sort of thing with their dork suits and their vests on and things like that, but. It, Apparently not in the UK, at least in this situation. According to the statement, after intensive meetings and discussions, we've had to make the heartbreaking decision to cancel Dominion Festival. This is a project into which we have put vast amounts of personal money and over a year of our team's time. But the reality is that with less than 5% of tickets sold, what? the losses to run the event would exceed a quarter of a million pounds. And we can't go ahead with the festival without risking our employees' job security or putting at risk people's ticket money or band's fees. How bad did you fuck up this festival that you sold less than 5% of the tickets? That's, I mean, that's devastatingly bad. I can understand, like, we need to hit 50% sold by this mark. I mean, we're at 47% and we can't make it. This is, you sold nothing. How is that possible? Like, the only way that I can explain this is that literally nobody knew this festival was going to fucking happen, which is, promoter, that's on you, you know? Yeah, you have to actually promote it. You can't just make a Facebook page for it anymore. You have to work with organizations such as our own to try to get press out of it. You got to do interviews. You got to actually print up flyers at Kinko's or whatever the UK equivalent is and Go well, around counts something. Kinkers. Boy, we get into the kinkos. <laughs> um, but, and I'm looking at their Facebook page now about this, and people are complaining that they did receive refunds, but only the face value, and they're not getting like any of their fees oh. back. Oh. Man, that's, uh, that's shady shit here. I got to say, like, uh, Blind Guardian, not exactly a small band. People love that band. People would like to see that band live. How did you fuck it up this bad? It's unconscionable, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those weird things where this is a good lineup. Yeah. It's not like one or two real headliners and 30 locals or anything like that. It's Some people have blamed it being like spread over three days and being an outdoor festival, which has its own sorts of fees. I think it was an outdoor festival, but man, if you can't sell with Blind Guardian... 
what can you do? Yeah, I I would suggest that all involved with this retire immediately. <laughs> but that was not the only UK festival that was canceled. Uh, this year's annual Manor Fest has also been canceled, which was going to happen at Whittleberry Park in Whittleberry, UK. Manor Fest is how English people say manifest. <laughs> manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. So being on this festival, let's see if I can find the lineup. This is another pretty big one. Just the bigger names on this. Moonspell, Overkill, My Dying Bride, Soilwork, Venom Inc., Belfagor, Dismember, Evergrey, Exoder, Ross the Boss, Wolfheart, Portrait, One of the Many Nervosas, <laughs> uh, Big UK Band, Lawnmower Death, and uh, you know a couple others, Convent, things like that. Again, low ticket sales for this is the reason why it's been canceled. Now, what was the deal? Was this also like a multi-day festival kind of thing or uh, outdoor uh, whole whole shebang? Yeah, this was uh, May 26th through the 28th outside in a park. Maybe uh, maybe there is something to that. Maybe instead of stretching this shit out over an entire weekend, we can get it done in a day or two. <laughs> and I'm just reading their statement here. Uh, the reality is is that this is now practically impossible to, to get a new festival off the ground unless funds of circa £250,000 are available up front. There's that same number again. What's the deal with that? It's a nice round number. I guess so. Uh, $250,000 to get a new festival off the ground. I don't know, man. It seems like, uh, it seems like you can do things cheaper. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. I've never put together a big festival, but there's got to be a there's got to be a way to make this work. I feel like we're just these guys are just doing a really bad job. There's uh, there's a lot involved with it. It's just stuff you'd never consider that you'd have to pay for, all the way from vending to permits to just fencing. That with all the prices increasing, especially with other bands having to cancel their UK and European tours, like uh, I think the Agonist had to cancel their tour, Anthrax had to cancel their tour again. So prices rising, bands not being able to tour, it's all kind of coming together uh, thanks to the pandemic, thanks to Brexit, thanks to all sorts of things, inflation, and um, kind of rough going for UK metal, but it's not just a UK problem. Oh, really? Segue. Because the Bamboozle Festival was also canceled this week with a couple of days to go before it was supposed to happen. Now, that seems like a pretty bad fuck-up. Uh, how did that happen? They were supposed to have the Bamboozle Festival, which, if people don't remember, initially, 15 years ago, it was a hippie jam fest yeah. called the Great Bamboozle, and then it became... Just the bamboozle with pop punk, some hardcore, some metalcore bands on it. Pretty much Warp Tour, but just in one location. Went away for a long time. It's been about a 10-year gap. And this year, they're going to do it in Atlantic City. And for those who have never been, Atlantic City is a dump. <laughs> it has been. It always will be. Do not believe people who say that it's a good time or it's like Las Vegas for the East Coast or something. It's trash. What, what's wrong What's wrong with Atlantic City specifically? Because all I know about it is that uh, Bruce Springsteen song, and that's pretty good. That's a good song. It's just a, it's always been a shitty area. It's, you know, all the problems that you have with Las Vegas. Now, condense it down a lot smaller. There's a lot less family entertainment or, like, the desire for things to be approachable or acceptable. It's, like, just gambling 
and it's the area is crummy. It's kind of far away from a lot of places. Hmm. It's one of those things where, like, when I lived in New Jersey, if I wanted to, like, drive – I lived in central New Jersey. If I wanted to go to Atlantic City, it was somehow, like, a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Weird. Even though the state isn't that big. It's one of those you have to go around to get on to the highways you need to go to. It's just, you know, mobbed up and just scummy. And Jersey Shore is trash anyway. So it's all those people, drunk, angry that they lost their money. It's a real shithole. Okay. So, and the, but the problem was that despite announcing this a while ago, booking the bands, all sorts of stuff, the problem seems to be that they didn't get the necessary paperwork done in time to uh, have this festival go on. That um, that's a pretty bad user error, I would say. <laughs> yeah, of all the things, I mean, at, at least people wanted to go. <laughs> that's something, but yeah, just to not cross your T's and dot your lowercase J's. Seems like a pretty bad reason to just not have this happen. I got I got to wonder because you just said the city is kind of mobbed up. Like if this was uh, somebody putting pressure, wanting a cut of things, and uh, otherwise the paperwork wouldn't go through. Yeah, them probably didn't grease enough palms. But uh, so missing out if you want to go to this thing, you will not be able to see Attila performing about that life in full. Wow, I was really looking forward to that. Bad Omens, Kane Hill, Carnifex, Chelsea Grin, E-Town Concrete. Ooh. End it. Finch. Flyleaf with Lacey Sturm. Mm. Gideon, Gridiron, Hollywood Undead, I Set My Friends on Fire, Limp Bizkit, Motionless and White, Papa Roach, Seosin. Uh, this is dire, dude. This yeah. is awful. <laughs> we went over this a few months back, but it's just, it's one of those festivals where you don't really know who it's for exactly. Yeah, because you also have like Ice Spice on here, like who's actually popular. And, and a boogie with the hoodie. A boogie with a hoodie. Uh, Steve Aoki, who, again, god damn, how does he, who, who, who are you people that are like, god damn, I love Steve Aoki. Uh, rich white people that are into the festival scene. I guess so. The one thing I, he's done that I really enjoyed was hitting that kid in a wheelchair with a kick. <laughs> if that's your legacy. <laughs> hey, Rick Ross is going to be there. Well, he was. Oh, right. Fuck. That's, I, yeah. All right. Well, no bamboozle this time, I guess. Everybody got bamboozled. Um, that's, so all three of these, I know that like the live music situation is rough. It's rougher now than it's ever been. It's harder to make a dollar. Like people are strapped. Everything's more expensive. Uh, money is tighter. But like all of these seem like the organizers fucked up in a pretty bad way. In one different way or the other. But then you look at something like we talked about last year. Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Massive, huge, super popular festival that like only keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So like, what are they doing right versus what some of these other things are doing wrong? Well, in the case of Blue Ridge Rock Festival, I think it's being connected to the Romneys or something. <laughs> They're just getting money for people from all their churches. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be the case there. Uh, I don't know if you were uh, if you ever, ever uh, read about it, but like the Mormon like investment fund is uh, like when people tithe to the the Mormon Church, like X percent of it just goes to this nameless fund where like there's 
billions and billions of dollars in equities right now being invested in everything that is never going to go back to like any kind of church cause whatsoever. I feel like this weird, dark slush money might be funding rock and roll festivals in the southeast United States. We're going to see a festival put on by the Moonies. I hope so. Man, that'll, that would be lit. <laughs> Imagine Shen Yun, but like with guitars. Uh, Just uh, metal fans doing sky dancing and twirling with their uh, ribbons and things like that, talking about how bad communism is. I, I, I would see if we could get press passes for that. I think it would be a good time. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and as you, as you kind of alluded to it as well in all of this, uh, Anthrax specifically, it seems like they cannot catch a break. Of all the bands, you'd think they'd be able to put it together, but I guess they just like literally do not have money to do this, despite being one of the big four, despite being around for 30-plus years, despite being a beloved heavy metal band. How do four men in their 60s in the big four not have $2,000 to put together? <laughs> you think uh, you know tour dates just grow on trees? Yeah. I'm uh, just going to put on my tour date helmet, go down to the tour date factory. Uh it's it's just such a, a stark contrast. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Metallica at the beginning of the episode. Like, you know, one of the last big bands, they still don't have the juice to get number one on the fucking billboard. And Anthrax, who were, you know, their contemporaries, like their shittier contemporaries for sure, but their contemporaries, no longer being able to just like get books, like uh, dates booked anymore because they're broke. It's uh, It seems like it's a bad situation all over. They're going to have to do a GoFundMe to get a van in the UK so that they can play these shows. Uh, it seems to me that, uh, you know, the the live music situation globally, not so great. But in the UK specifically, y'all are fucked. Y'all are fucked from top to bottom. Like, your GDP is in the shitter. Like, you can't get your, your gross wet peas without importing them from another country. And uh, because because you've uh, committed economic suicide, like you have to pay additional tariffs on top of it. It's good stuff. Whenever I see these stories, I have a very specific memory of like the day after Brexit, when the vote happened and it passed, uh, a woman being interviewed who like voted for Brexit. And she was like, oh, I, I didn't think it was actually going to pass. <laughs> and that's just been in my head for years now. She's like, ah, ah. Uh, my favorite is all of the like, um, you know, retired uh, dipshits that like spend most of their days like living in Spain or whatever, where it's cheaper to live suddenly getting kicked out. Like what? This wasn't supposed to happen to me. It was supposed to happen to the fucking Polish people. <laughs> well, I was on holiday. Um, I went to uh, Cuba uh, years ago uh, and uh, there was uh, I was on a, a very long, very dangerous bus ride with uh some people from uh other countries and we were talking uh there was a this is right after they voted brexit uh but there was an english couple there and i have it in my head i say it multiple times a day now uh, she described uh, to me the experience of seeing a small lizard in her bedroom the night before and just said to me in the most distressed voice it was dire. <laughs> and now, now, whenever I have a minor uh, inconvenience, I yell at myself all the time. It was dire. 
So thank you, uh, horrible Brexiteers that uh, I had to get on an eight-hour bus ride with in Cuba, that you've, you've made my life for that reason alone. Just bringing people together just in time for the coronation. Love it. Um, is there anything else you want to get on this episode, or should we allow people to get on with their lives? I guess they should get on with their lives. Again, if this one was too unfocused for you, we have a focused episode for you over at patreon.com slash toil of hell. Listen to Fantasy Label Ball Prosthetic Records Part 1 over there and listen to my completely kick-ass Christian metal mix. It's perfect for doing hard drugs, too. <laughs> you could always email us at toiletofhell at gmail.com, toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. You could hit us up on Facebook. You can also get us on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Thrash and Kill at 365 Days of Horror. Uh, I'm going to call my shot. I never do this. I'm going to call my shot with what we're closing the song with on this episode. New track from Agriculture. I, uh, I'm really digging this band. I'm really digging this track. Uh, the hot new black metal band to watch out for. Agriculture, everybody. Enjoy the music, and we'll see you next time. Bye. FM Radio Radio. TOVH The Flush